Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Elizabeth Carey's first book, Girls Running, All You Need to Strive, Thrive, and Run Your Best, co-authored with Melody Fairchild, is now available at local bookstores and online. Her writing has been published by the New York Times, Runner's World, Trail Runner, Podium Runner, Diestat, and other publications. Her running journey started in 1999 on the Cleveland High School track and field team in Portland, Oregon. She ran Division I cross country and track for Columbia University and graduated to marathons and beyond. She's coached at most levels of the sport and currently coaches at Garfield High School as well as online. She explores trail and ultra running around Seattle, Washington, where she lives with her husband and cat. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Elizabeth, can you share about that moment that you knew running was your love in sport? Yeah, I think it might have been my first practice at track. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow, we don't in hear that often. School. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> or definitely my, yeah, or maybe even my first race um, that year because I started running when I was 14 and I loved it. It was so hard. I could barely run 20 minutes without stopping. Um, but they were amazing people on the team. I had an amazing coach. And then I kind of accidentally won my first race. That's um, awesome. <laughs> I just went out with all the other girls and hung on. And um, at the last lap, you know, some people had dropped off. But I saw an opening and I just went for it. I passed on the inside. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, uh, know the rules about stepping over the line or the rail, but I made it. I wasn't DQ'd and I ended up winning. That's awesome. I <laughs> so bet you were just amazing it, yourself it out fun. there. <laughs> Isn't that funny how you can remember all those details, even though it was, you know, just a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just a few. <laughs> so tell me, because I know you are a coach a runner, an author. Tell us what you are thinking right now of this explosion of women in running. I think it's so exciting. Um, It's really inspiring and motivating and encouraging to see all the amazing things that women are achieving. Um, And it really reminds me of the places that we can go together. I think We can definitely take the sport to new heights, um, not only in performance, but also from a community and culture standpoint. You know, I think we need to create a more inclusive, diverse, and and powerful sport, and we can do that um, together. Sport has this way of bringing together, and it reminds me when we had Catherine Schweitzer on her, she Mm -hmm. talked about, you know, sport is that universal language, and I think running especially just 
the camaraderie of uh, different ethnicities, different body sizes, different ages, mm-hmm. um, and how everybody wants to strive for that end goal. So I'd love to hear, in your words, if you could draw out this dream ending or dream chapter to running, where would you like to see it go? Wow. For all women? Yeah. Or the sport in general? Both. This is okay. your time. Yeah, your book. I, I just think that... <laughs> The sport can become definitely more diverse and inclusive, and I think we can change the paradigm and and really empower each other with information that is evidence-based and also intuitive. And what I mean by that is we can change the, the narrative and bust old myths about what's possible. Um, and I think that is an amazing and powerful place to achieve new performance heights from, but it's also a thing that can carry off of the, the race course and into our daily lives. I think running has the power to be a really fast and strong vehicle for change. And I think as athletes, we're uniquely positioned to carry the things that we learn in our running off the course and into our lives. You said music to my ears when you said evidence base. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, too, it's been interesting when COVID first happened, um, first happened, it's still going. Mm-hmm. Um, it was people came out of the woodworks on our local trail. Oh, yeah. You saw more people out and about. I'm almost wondering if this is going to spur a movement away from gym culture to more outdoor based activities like running. Have you found the same? Certainly. And I would like to quote a statistic, but I can't remember where I saw it. We'll <laughs> do some I've fact checking. <laughs> some numbers on gyms, um, not necessarily, they're suffering a bit because mm-hmm. I do think people have embraced this simplicity of, you know, if you can get out your front door, just going for it. And um, I've seen that in my coaching as well. You know, I'm still getting requests from new athletes. Um, I think people are really embracing the sport. Yeah, that's so cool to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How are you shifting as a coach when these races keep, you know, getting postponed or moved back? I'm kind of curious how you've been able, you know, Karen and I have kind of seen an uptick in some of our runners struggling because, you know, their training is designed with an end game, mm-hmm. that race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it keeps getting pushed back, they keep going with their training. How are you adjusting to that as a coach? Uh, it's a great question. And I think it's so different from person to person, depending on what scenario they're in and what their goals are. But I'm definitely seeing that when people lose that goal race on the calendar, some people really struggle with the motivation or, or um, direction. And so what I am working with each athlete to do is identify um, their, their own why for running, come back to that beyond the external and, you know, um, like final outcome of a, a race. Um, and I'm helping them to figure out what else we can work on and really refocusing on progress and um, goals. So, you know, maybe that means, you know, re-upping their dedication to strength and ancillary work, or maybe that means backing off and working on their speed a little bit. Um, but I'm finding that um, 
more than ever, training is written in pencil. <laughs> and that <laughs> always holds true. We like to think that there's a straight line from A to Z, but we know there's lots of ups and downs in between um, the beginning of a, a, a training block to get ready for a big race um, and the end there. Um, so I'm, I'm finding that we're, we're just shifting and remaining flexible. And I think both as a coach and as, as an athlete, that's something that I've really had to do. Um, especially, you know, when we have situations like wildfires up and down mm-hmm. the West Coast and where people really um, aren't getting outside um, or if they are going outside, I'm worried about them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, that as you're talking about that, your role is so important as, first of all, motivating an athlete when everything has stopped um, and also motivating them to pivot possibly to something else that they might not enjoy as much or have not been focusing on. So, um, again, you're in a position like so many of us are in the helping world right. of um, working with people in a certain way. So um, that's kind of a tough job right now. Yeah, it is. But it's also so inspiring. And it gives me hope, you know, and it helps me reframe my perspective, too. Mm -hmm. I love the opportunity to to really flex our flexibility, practice our patience and work on things that, you know, maybe we've been meaning to work on for a while, or maybe things that really have needed our attention, but we've just been able to pump them down the road. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to pull that quote, training's yeah. written in pencil, like yes, that's like perfect. That like mm-hmm. nutrition's so written in pencil, you, it's going to be changing throughout the training program and what you need. So and Mm-hmm. That's so good for athletes because there's some rigidity with, with us <laughs> right. runners, <What>? especially. <laughs> a, B to comes after them. A, like this is, I got to follow the rules. That's right. The flexibility needed in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so please tell us all about the book. Um, it's so incredible. Um, what prompted you to write it as well? So let's let's talk about the book for a bit. Yay. Oh, great. Thanks so much. It's so fun to hear feedback. Um, it, it really started um, all about a decade ago at a running camp um, when I was talking with Melody Fairchild around the campfire. And she had been addressing um, the girls at camp about things like puberty and periods. And then, you know, later in the evening, she and I and other coaches and counselors there were trading stories. And we realized that so many of the things that were were detrimental or or hurtful or harmful for Melody and her experience as a phenomenal runner, um, both in high school and college, were still going on. And I had experienced similar things and other coaches and counselors around there had as well. And so it was just clear to us that something needed to shift and um, that that something needed to change, you know, um, these things that we had experienced, whether it was eating disorders or body shaming or just other signs of toxic culture, they weren't helpful. They were detrimental to our performance and they also really affected our long-term health and well-being. Um, and so we had seen some awesome things that Melody was doing with empowering girls at her running camp and working with top runners in her area in, in Boulder, Colorado. And we were like, this is it's time to counter these, these myths and taboos and give girls the information that they need so they can have a happy, healthy relationship with running if they so choose. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, there's lots of village. And as you were mentioning earlier, it takes a village often. There's lots of different people that can have a really positive role in a young runner's life. Um, 
And so, you know, that's just like decades ago, we were talking about this and we continue to talk about it. And then as I started getting my writing more focused in that direction, we just decided we we had to finally get it done. So we went for it. Yeah, I nice. love it. Yeah, and the co- the cover is so fun, and it, you could tell that it's bringing in that that younger athletic population, which is so needed. Because I mean, I, I know Karen, I can speak to. I've seen as young as nine or ten, oh, gosh. struggling mm. with disordered eating within their sport, especially running when they start to have puberty changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. your stride's going to be off, or yeah, it's not fun to race with the period. But hey, you know mm-hmm. that helps your bone development. So mm-hmm. this is a great resource for them. Absolutely. So what can people find in the book? They can find a range of information from some basics on sports nutrition and physiology and training, um, but also takeaways for competition, for who you want on your team, how to build your own village. And then also we get into some of the nittier, grittier details about running with a period Uh and through puberty. Um, And I think one of the most important takeaways that we have in the book are these writing prompts at the end of each chapter. And so it's a comprehensive guide. There's lots of things that you can pull out of or revisit. But the most important thing that Melody and I really wanted to emphasize is that your running experience is your own journey. Each athlete has their own experience. And so the writing prompts are invitations for the girls to, to dive into, into their own process and their own journey. Wow. It sounds like a resource that I would have loved to have mm. when I was a, a wee mm. sprinter back in the day. <laughs> that would have been nice because nobody was talking about that stuff with me for sure. And what a great Mm -hmm. way to have kind of conversation uh, topics that are brought up. You know, um, (laughs) my daughter admits that she doesn't love to to run her. She's more basketball and swimming, but she did girls on the run. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day she was talking about how like these girls likes to like to go out really fast and they can keep up their pace where she likes to be able to kind of ease into it. And so that was a good point where like, oh yeah, Maddie, everybody kind of has their own way that they settle into what they want to do from their race and what that feels like to them and how they like to kind of get lost in their head or maybe they really like to try to catch the person in front of them. But it was really nice to be able to talk about like that individualized racing rather than feeling like she had to do what everybody else Else did and I think your your book speaks to that as well. Well, that's awesome. I love hearing that. I was just thinking and letting her know there's no real like right or wrong right way to do it, and I think that's a message that's carried on out like on your own in general of like running in a certain way. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, we love to hear uh, how you've been living out the fit philosophy. And I've been, we've been asking two questions today. Like we said, this is our first time in the studio back from um, as uh, COVID hit. So tell us a little bit about how the pandemic has brought you some way of some, some change that you want to make maybe long term or how have you been balancing everything? I realized how lucky I am. So yes, my, my schedule and my activities have totally shifted but I'm so grateful for health and safety. And honestly, I've been afforded so many privileges in my life and I've become just more acutely aware of those as a white woman, as an able-bodied, cisgendered person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really significant. And so I'm trying to examine those. And I think 
the world and the universe is trying to tell us something, that we need to take some time to be still, take some time to reflect on where we've been and where we want to go. Um, and so I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And of course, for movement, I'm, I've really been able to tap into that as a practice. That's one way that I can really find my peace and, and listen to what's going on in my head. Um, and so, yeah, I'm so grateful for, again, my health and safety, but have definitely used the past, oh man, what year is it now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This long time mm-hmm. of 2020 to, to really tune into to what's going on um, in our world, because mm-hmm. I think we need to start paying more attention to that. Absolutely. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for being on. You guys need to go get the book, yeah. Girls Running, All You Need to Strive, Thrive, and Run Your Best. So, um, again, thank you so much for being on and being a co-author to this amazing book that um, all girls need to be reading. And um, I wish you guys the best on the West Coast. Yeah, we're thinking of you. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to speak with you and keep up the awesome work. Thanks, Elizabeth. Have a great day. Bye. Bye, Queens. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fit for queen and Hashtag fit for a queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.